everybody. Get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're coming at you from our brand new studio in Friendship Heights. And they're all wooing because the the guests on this inaugural show in our new studio each get a brand, you know, it's a brand new Bentley. So, yeah. They're all parked outside, I, I assure you. But it's great to be here. It's a gorgeous studio. We're glad to be here at Federal News Network. And uh, we've got a terrific show today. Jill Erber is back with us. Uh, Yay! Everybody knows that Boston's Cheese Teak is the go-to neighborhood spot for fine cheeses and Multiple wines. Neighborhoods. And, Multiple neighborhood spots. Multiple neighborhood Well, neighborhood spots. Okay, yes. all right, okay, all right. I screwed ahead. it up already. Yeah. Anyway, she's got a great event to tell us about. We're going to hear all about that. Mm-hmm. And back with us are Suki, Suki and John Jameson. They're the uh, owners of Jameson Farm uh, and Jameson Packing in scenic Latrobe, Pennsylvania. And they are they, they are the <laughs> land farmers been, to the guessing. stars. They and they've written a terrific book. the The book is called Coyotes in the Pasture, Wolves at the Door. I guess it's being considered for a, a James Beard Award. Am I right? right? James Beard and IACP. That ain't Yay. bad. Yeah. That's so exciting. Uh, Danya Deegan is the psalm at Little Pearl, and Liv Kayabe is the GM at Toki Underground, and they're two friends. They are both into lesser known but reasonably priced and delicious wines. And they brought in some really beautiful wines. They brought wines. them in, and especially the ones that can be paired with ramen and dumplings. So they've created something called Common Crew, which is going to be a monthly food and seri- uh, food and drink series uh, hosted at Toki Underground. They're going to tell us all about it. And Dylan's Raw Bar Grill is a great new place on the canal in Georgetown. It's a, in a historic warehouse, right? It, yes, is. it is. All right. Uh, and owners uh, Don and Amy Carlin are in. They got a great story to tell about the restaurant and the foods they serve. And they, and they brought, brought a beautiful cake. They brought a cake. They brought most of the food that was in the <laughs> kitchen at the restaurant, I think. Right. All right. And Claude Thibault, who is master of the, I'm going to do this right, Method Champenois. Ish. Right? Yes. He yes. did it ish. Oui. Oui. Well, Exactly. Bon. Oui. All right. Kinda. Muy bueno. See? All right. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, he is uh, co-owner of the Thibault Janison Winery uh, here in Northern Virginia, and he's brought in a great selection of Virginia's sparkling wines to talk about. First, we're going to talk to Sandra Miller from Central Farm Markets to find out what's going on there. Are we? Oh, no, we're not, because she not. ain't on the, on the phone. phone. Okay, yeah, then let's talk to Claude. Hi, Claude. Hello, Hi. Claude. How about a quick 411 on you and on the winery? Well, we uh, we started, in, uh, in fact, in 2006. That's... Uh, almost 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Thibaut Janisson is two partners, two champagne makers. Are you faking that accent or yeah, is that real? Yeah, he's faking it. It's a no, total I, I fake accent. I think it's getting thicker and thicker. It's very good. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's very, if I'd had that, she would have married me a lot yeah. sooner, I think. Right, it's, it's good for marketing. You know, I don't. <laughs> so we, we, uh, yeah, we, form, we are from the Champagne region. So we, uh, we decided to start a, a project to make sparkling wine only back in 2006 and uh, just making sparkling wine. Oh. Using the, I heard the pop. Yeah. Okay, no. yeah. There we go. So that, that noise is not the, nearly as appealing as the original. Making a sparkling wine, of course, using the uh, the method Champenoise, which mm-hmm. is the traditional method, 
And uh, the, the first sparkling wine we, we have is our first uh, sparkling wine produced. It's a Blanc de Blanc, mm -hmm. uh, meaning uh, it's all Chardonnay, uh, non-vintage, but it's been uh, almost five years on the yeast, which is uh, a sign of quality, you know, because you, when you buy uh, champagne or sparkling wine, uh, you look for uh, for the complexity of the of the the yeastiness we call yeastiness. Mm -hmm. So for a sparkling wine that has five years on the yeast, I think it's uh, uh, it's costly for us, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it shows you uh, that we are committed to make a very high quality sparkling wine. What made you decide to do a sparkling wine in Virginia? Well, that's a kind of a long story, but I, I came well, to... Well, we don't have the whole uh, show for yeah, it, but... I, ca I came to work for Kluge, mm -hmm. Patricia Kluge. Ah, mm -hmm, of course. Uh, Enough said. Yes, <laughs> that's it, I guess. <laughs> no, no, no. No, she, uh, she was uh, the one who uh, had the, the idea to make sparkling wine in Virginia back in uh, 1998, 1999, mm -hmm. and uh, she needed some help uh, in the winemaking uh, part of it, so I, uh, I came to help her first on a part-time basis, and then I worked full-time mm -hmm. uh, for two years, which I mean, looked like more like 10 years, because so yeah, not she's very a little, easy. Then, I had the opportunity to uh, dine with her one night for dinner, yeah. and that was a crazy experience. <laughs> so anyway, that gave me uh, gave me the opportunity to, uh, to work with the fruit in Virginia, and I find uh, quickly that we had a potential to make a sparkling wine, a good sparkling wine, because we, we could pick early, uh, late August, early September, when the fruit is still very clean. Um, and and we, uh, the weather is very challenging, like, like we, uh, the weather we have in north of, northeast of France, like Champagne. So I was used to, uh, to work with uh, you know, challenging weather. So that's why we, we decided to do it here. So speaking exactly. of challenging weather, I just, because we were just talking, it's gonna, they're predicting snow tonight and then 75 degrees on Wednesday and all of that. Has the, the, the changing weather affected how you do what you do? Well, uh, yeah, at this stage, uh, it doesn't, doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when you, uh, when you have to deal with the warmer weather uh, before harvest, it means that you, you, you start to lose the acidity in the grapes, in the juice. So it, also, you have to, uh, to adjust more in, uh, in, in, your, in the winery. Well, winery. I was asking because obviously there are no grapes on the vines now, but is there any trauma to the vines when it's freezing cold and 20 degrees, you know, one day and then two days later it's 75 for two days and then? No, for, I mean, so far they are dormant, you know, so they, uh, I mean, the, the very cold weather can, can kill the, the, the roots, but it has to be much sure. colder than what we have here, you know. I mean, they are... Okay, so what are we pouring first? Let's get to what's important here. Yeah. So, so the first one is the, the Blanc de Blanc, mm -hmm. old Chardonnay. Uh, and your oh, lovely assistant yeah, is helping Vanna, you out. Vanna White is showing yeah. you. Around. By the way, we are on Facebook Live at Nikki Nellis, N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S. So if you want to see what's going on in the studio, uh, you should tune in. Excellent. Okay, right, well, so while you're pouring that, we'll come back to you. All right, let's talk to Suki and John. Hi, Suki and John. Thank you oh, for wow. making the oh, trek in to wow. join Old us today. friends come back again. Yes. So why don't one of you, or both of you, because I don't want to create marital strife, talk right. about, just give us kind of the background on the farm and how you guys got into this. Oh, boy. So the farm, uh, I guess I'm talking, we, we started the farm business in 85 after having uh, uh, had a farm in another part of Latrobe for about 10 years, learned what we were doing while I was working. Then in 85, I got laid off, so I started a business on unemployment, which is highly illegal. 
mm-hmm. with two mortgages and three kids. And so we didn't know what to do, so we started. That sounds like my life story. No, it doesn't sound anything like your story. (laughs) (laughs) I'm whining already. But anyway, uh, so we started a mail-order business uh, at that time, uh, selling our lamb uh, like uh, Omaha Steaks. That was the idea. We did that for three years, and then we did an event in uh, 88 with a bunch of fancy chefs in Pittsburgh, one of whom was Jean-Louis Paladin who had Jean-Louis at Watergate here, mm-hmm. and he made us famous, and the rest is history. That's the nickel tour. But now, yeah. but years later, yes. you now uh, have a full-fledged farm, yes. and you provide product to all sorts of chefs. Right. We sell to chefs all over the country, and that's really what we what we base the book on is mm-hmm. – the the interesting part of it, I think, is the fact that we were starting, Jean-Louis started buying from us in 88, and uh, so we we started working with people like Alice Waters and and Come on, uh, name drop. Julie. Keep doing it. Let's hear it. I'm good at the this. The names I are something start. on this brand new <laughs> right. test. Right. 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 And, and so, we, so we ended up selling to a lot, of, a lot of chefs and a lot of chefs all over the country, and when I say Jean-Louis was the start of it, Jean-Louis being the character that he was when he just, when he cried because Madame was so beautiful, he asked me, he said, how well, big Claude's do you... Claude's going to come over and start right. <laughs> fisticuffs. <laughs> no, he's, he, 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 he said to me, he said, he said, how big do you want to get? And then he called all his friends. And I would have said about 5'11", but that's that just me. <laughs> you're a smarty. Well, let me switch over to yeah. Suki because you are uh, accomplished in your own right as a uh, as a chef. Uh, you started your your your. What did you bring us last time? It was a barley. Oh, no, your barley yeah. soup is my favorite. Yes. But um, lamb uh, every which way. Your right. La- your lamb pie I've got here was a finalist in the best new product category at the fancy food show. That's in, in the 90s. So yeah, talk a little bit about that. Time. I know. Well, let's talk about your the products that you offer for... We're the only three people in this studio that were here in the 90s. Right. So. That's true. <laughs> isn't it? It's still here. That's not know. fair. Uh, let's talk about sort of the products that you offer and how... Lamb, I think, has had a, an interesting trajectory in the uh, American diet, especially it's, recently. So let's just sort of talk about at, that yeah, it's coming a little more bit. to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Cuts of lamb that people would never even consider using now. They use the lamb neck. They use the shoulder. They use the, belly. the shank. The lamb belly, which makes a fabulous bacon. Mm-hmm. You can use it in all the same applications that you use other meats. Best right? thing is lamb ribs. No, Best yeah. thing going. But, but honestly, like, think about it. 20 years ago, um, even when you na- name drop all these big-name right. chefs, they weren't using... Those cuts of meat on their menus, but now you go to restaurants around the D.C. area and you see lamb ribs and you see different cuts that maybe the belly is very big and other cuts that maybe people weren't originally familiar with. Like that's correct. All people did was shanks, kind of, and and chops. Right. The the interest that that we first had people talk to us about were racks and chops and that was it the middle meat right and then what were you going to do with the rest that's, that's what right. we did with and the rest was make of these other products so we mm-hmm. made the other products because there was no market for it then now there's a big market for shoulders and necks like suki says dan barber started buying a lot of necks drop names again right go ahead and, we love and, it yeah i figured and then so but that's what started that is mm-hmm. is that he wanted something inexpensive but with his kind of cooking with vegetables and then following up with that it worked well well I would assume that the whole animal cooking trend was helpful or not helpful. Was that helpful or not helpful for you? 
Oh, a little bit, but it, it's a it's problematic because if you're having a restaurant and you want whole animal, you have to figure out how to use all how those use animals. All how to use right. it all. So if it, a rack has nine ribs. Well, how many how many servings? Right, how are many you servings get is that? Yeah. Exactly. So, exactly. So, so if somebody comes in on a Saturday night, a, a I table. thought a rack was a country. My God, smarty. Anyway, I have to step up here a little. But anyway, um, if if a uh, if if a party of four comes in and wants racks, that could be the racks from two animals. Mm-hmm. You what do you see? do with the rest so, of it? Yeah, so what do you do with the rest? So we started breaking everything down. Okay. And we have our own plant. That's why we have it, our own USDA plant. And so as you started creating <clears throat> products, how, like where did you start with that? And it's laid out beautifully. Your story in the book is really beautiful. And I mean, you have those gorgeous essays and obviously delicious recipes. But how did you decide to create these products and figure out that there was a market for it the sauce we started with this well we started with a stew and then we did the soup and then we did the sausages mm-hmm. and the sausages that we started with one which was like a breakfast sausage and then we had a a, a, a french connection there that we created the merguez you not want to say yeah. Who well, your what? It, it, is? Yeah, and I'll name drop again. Jacques okay. Pepin wanted us to oh. name Merguez. <laughs> oh, you mean Jack Pepin? <laughs> Jack Pepin. <laughs> yeah. He wanted us. We were doing. We were doing a show, and we were sampling the sausages, in in two different types. And he said, "You have to make Merguez." So we made Merguez. Okay. On that note, I we're just going to take. It, okay. Okay. <laughs> yes, you can. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the beautiful recipes in uh, the new book by the Jamesons. And we have so much more deliciousness going on in studio. This is David and Nikki Nellis on Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a minute. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to uh, uh, Suki and John Jameson. Um, they are preeminent in their field, literally and figuratively. Uh, they're leading lamb farmers, but they also wrote an amazing book. Who's that? That's Julia Child. Oh, it's Julia. Julia Not looking good. Okay. Um, uh, the book is, is called so Coyotes judgy. in the Pasture and Wolves at the Door. Well, it's kind of hard to. How'd you come up with there. the title? It was my, so it was my idea was that okay. we, we had coyotes eat lambs in the field. And we had bankers that wouldn't give us any money, so the, they were the wolves at the door. <laughs> they kept knocking on the door trying to take our farm away. So mm-hmm. that's the wolves at the door. That's when you get that, that double-barreled, uh, right? Yes. Get off my land. Yeah, we know um, how to well, do Well, the book it. is filled with beautiful photos of all the people you've met and worked with over the years. But it's also really filled with beautiful recipes. Um, Suki, can you tell us a little bit how you picked from your large library of recipes, like what was most important for you to get into the book? Lamb every way is the way the, is what we do every day. Our mm-hmm. family, these are family recipes that I've used over the years. And so we do, it's not like we had to hire recipe testers because they pretty well, they're work. pretty well tested. They're tested after mm-hmm. all these years. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, um, shows we have 25 recipes. Mm-hmm. And I Was there a recipe in there for people who may be a little, people who order lamb when they go out, but maybe a little nervous to cook lamb at home? Or is there a couple of recipes in there that you're like, here's what you should do? Is I it do. Like- I, I suggest things like that for with ground lamb. If somebody has never had lamb, what should I try? Right. And I, well, I suggest the burger, of course, but then... If there's another one in there, it would be either the shepherd's pie mm-hmm. or the stroganoff. Mm-hmm. And they're very simple yeah. prep- preparations and no ingredients that you don't really have on hand. Right. 
and it's just putting it all together. And how do people get access to your lamb and to your products? From the farm directly. Mm -hmm. We have our website. Okay. Well, let's hear it. Right. We can't Jamison figure it out. JamisonFarm.com, <laughs> www.jamisonfarm, singular. Right, because com. no S. No, no S. S. Right. Com. And we've done recipes. I always include recipes when people make orders. I try to include a recipe for that particular. Well, now pot. they don't need well, them don't. because you the have book. a book. You have all have my book. recipes. All right, let's talk. We've got about a minute. Where, where do we get the book? Mm-hmm. We can get. You can get the book on... Amazon, you Amazon. can get it. Jamisonfarm.com. Jamisonfarm.com is probably the best and easiest and fastest. And Word Association Press, who was an independent publisher we worked with, and also Barnes & Noble, but probably Jamisonfarm.com is the easiest. Well, because you can get your lamb and you can get your book you at the same both. time. You're a conglomerate. I we are know. It's very exciting. All right. Well, thank you for making the trip today. Thank and congratulations so on the book. It is really crazy. fabulous. So All right. Let's go back to Claude for Claude Thibault from uh, Thibault uh, Jenison. Am I saying it right? I am saying it right. You could say TJ. That's TJ. TJ Winder. Because <laughs> my French is, well, whatever. So um, you poured some delicious-looking bubbly over there. I got to take a sip. You didn't get oh, a sip. Oh, sorry. I didn't know he didn't get it. My any. wife was bogarting <laughs> the glass. Uh, what's up next? So the next is, uh, the second bl blend is a, we call Extra Brut. Okay. So Extra Brut means... That's what Nikki calls it, me. Yeah. <laughs> I use other words, but we'll go with that yeah, for today. Okay. So Extra Brut. Yes. It's a very dry almost bone-dry sparkling wine, you know. Uh, it only has three grams per liter of sugar. Um, also stayed on the, on the yeast longer than the, the first one. It's five years on the yeast, and the blend is more mineral, more of classic champagne, I like to say, and that's a, a sparkling wine that you really want to pair with uh, seafood, oysters, you know, uh, fish. It's uh, because of the minerality of the sparkling wine. How many? Just out of curiosity, how many people are working at the winery on a regular basis? I don't have any full time. I'm uh, the only full time uh, person. Wow. You're a busy guy. Uh, uh, yes, and uh, I have you know part time help when I need to uh, ha during harvest or bottling, where I I cannot do everything by myself, obviously. For people who um, don't really understand the differences in the kinds of sparklings, how can you best explain to them? Because I I think you know people think champagne and you know, I hope most people know that Champagne is just from the region of France, but that the fact that there are different varieties may be confusing to some people who aren't who aren't really aware of the differences. Well, you know, the, the main three varieties, the grape varieties in, in Champagne, France, they are uh, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Pinot Meunier, which is very, very close to Pinot Noir. It's a cousin of the Pinot mm -hmm. Noir. That's the three main varieties. So when... Uh, Somebody outside the Champagne region wants to make a sparkling wine that tastes close to a Champagne, that, that's the variety they use. Okay. Uh, it doesn't mean that you can use other varieties uh, like Chenin Blanc, like in the Loire Valley, you know, or Pinot Blanc. Uh, but uh, for me in Virginia, I have access to, uh, to Chardonnay, so that's why most of the sparkling wines are Blanc de Blanc. Uh, the last one is a Pinot Noir, but I'll talk to about this later. But the of second course. extra brut is all, all Chardonnay. Excellent. Okay, thank you. Well, we'll all enjoy I'll that. I'll be in the studio. judge of this one. <laughs> okay. And do you want to introduce our Yum. next guest, please? Yeah. Donya Deegan is uh, the, one of the two Psalms at Little Pearl, where we just had a great dinner. Mm -hmm. 
And Liv Kayabe is a GM at Toki Underground. They're friends. They got talking about wines that are great wines, but they're either underappreciated or not known. And, you know, they're kind of a mystery to people and how they might go with ramen and dumplings and all that. And they cooked up a... A collaboration. But how did you guys start talking about a a collab? Because it's a really hot thing right now, but not, I don't think a lot of people think about wines and dumplings or ramen necessarily. I do all the time. No, you don't. You drink beer. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not unnatural when people think about it. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we'd been working together for quite a while and it was maybe, maybe a year, a little over a year that we were talking about this idea, but, you know, both working at Toki in that fast casual environment you know, uh, recognizing as well that other people uh, our age in the industry, um, you know, and combining... Wait, what does the age have to do with it? <coughs> no, but if younger, I mean, I younger, feel a little I mean, ageism coming in no, over here. No, not at all. But I mean, <laughs> you know, looking at a population, young, younger people tell me with expendable income, mm-hmm. uh, disposable income, mm-hmm. what are we eating? You know, we're eating, we're, we're working so much, or most people now are working so much. And Listen to this dude's accent. <laughs> I mean, doesn't make you want to go back to Dublin, like, right away. Let's go. Anyway, sorry, okay. Liv. And, um, um, and so we, we, we recognize, recognize this and recognize, you know, the people's lifestyle and uh, mm-hmm. now how it's changing. And, uh, you know, Dania uh, really, really involved in wine, myself really loving wine, running Toki and, and seeing, a, uh, seeing an area there where we could bring both together. Well, actually, what I think is interesting is that in a lot of fast casual concepts, and I don't, I never really thought about Toki Underground as a fast casual concept. I feel like it's on the, on the very far end of it. Sure. But one of the things that I don't think is really thought of a lot is the wine program you know beers are easy and um even though there's wines on tap and stuff like that when you look at a lot of wine menus around town it's like the bare minimum you know like a shard from california and you know a sauvignon blanc from new zealand and it's like let's just give them what they know without you know i don't want to say challenge people but without because sometimes challenging can be a problem too but like without giving people something different and in a good price range. Yeah, I think that's exactly what we're trying to sell for. Mm-hmm. Exactly that. So people come in with sort of the assumption, you know, I love Chardonnay, I like Sauvignon Blanc, or I want this old red wine. What we're kind of doing is turning it on its face, right? So do you want to drink wine today that goes well with what you're eating? Try something new. Try mm-hmm. something that's affordable. So what we do in our program with Common Crew is that we allow people to try three wines, whatever they like. They can have a glass of and take the rest of the bottle home for $10. So the whole idea is we're removing price. Wait, say that again. Yes. Out loud. Absolutely. So the whole concept is basically that you try can try it. And if you like it, take it home for 10 bucks. And not only is it delicious at $10, I'm picking wines with my base of knowledge. I work in distribution for mm-hmm. an importer. And so I'm, I'm basically using my base of knowledge to be like, here, let me teach you why this wine tastes this way, why it tastes good how it's affordable, and then you can take it home, enjoy it with your ramen, and kind of remove that price barrier away from making wine every day. So we're really solving for that. Well, what I think is really interesting is that you poured a red mm-hmm. with ramen, and I would think most people would not think that. Absolutely. Right? So what did you pour here? Let's just try this red. <laughs> so this is actually a preview of one of the wines that we're serving at our next event on February mm-hmm. 24th. This is from Sardinia. So the biggest reason why you don't you think... You know, we're like... You had me in Italy, baby. Italy. Well, no, Island I, wines. I love Sardinia. It's incredible. We were there for one day, and I would oh. like to go back for like forever. I think it's really excellent, though, that, that people have these associations with islands. Islands wines are super hot right now, and the 
no pun intended, because they are really warm. And the nice thing about warmer climate wines is that the regions don't necessarily demand that high price point. We're not talking about, we love you, Claude, but we're not talking about champagne here. Right. And so we are. But like when you talk about Italy and Italian wines, people go for, you know, Tuscany initially, right? And now the Sicilian wines, like the Mount Etna wines. Well, are I had a nice all wine from love. Staten Island last night. Oh, nice yeah. Is. Oh, yeah. I'd love to try that right. one. <laughs> but I think that the, the big takeaway is exactly what you're saying. It's like those premium wines, they tend to be high tannin and they tend to see time on oak. Tannin and oak with spicy food is a no-go. Right. So we're talking about food that has quite a bit of spice. It's got ginger. It's got a little bit of heat from some chili. Um, and then it has a really complexity of flavor with sesame and umami flavors. So what's going to happen when you have an oaked red wine with that? It's going to fall apart. It's going to taste bitter. Right. So we're looking for warmer climate wines that have a little bit more fruit to them, a little bit more kind of juicy flavor, mm-hmm. um, and no oak for a lot of period of time. So the Mount Etna would be... Well, I think Mount Etna is probably really too ashy. Et- yeah, Etna has some really, Etna's kind of a cool backstory, but I think the long and short of it is that Etna actually has really high acidity wines mm-hmm. because they're high altitude. And so sometimes we're talking about a little lower acidity wines, a little bit juicier, a little bit fruitier, because mm-hmm. you want your volume of your wine, the amount of fruit, to really match the volume of your food. And there's so much going on with this ramen that this Okay, so let, can we talk about the ramen? Tell us about, so tell us about this ramen, and then also I'd like to hear like how this event works. <clears throat> totally. Um, so this is our uh, our tonkotsu. So it's the classic, uh, classic tonkotsu pork bone broth that we're we're most known for. It's so pretty. Um, <coughs> it would be a shame to put a spoon in. There. <laughs> Do we have a spoon um, behind you? So it's rich and it's creamy. That's my spoon. <laughs> they know um, you really wait, we're well. On a, all right. There You're you on go. Facebook Live. Is my mouth that big? Yes. I don't think. Um, oh, you, you don't have to fit the whole spoon in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's for act- those right, are outtakes. This is your later. last time on yeah. Foodie and the Beast, baby. Um, um, but uh, so it's creamy. It's rich. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we've got um, we've got fish in there. We've got uh, seaweed. Got um, beautiful pork, chicken, all these different oh. elements in the broth. Is so fish normal in the? For sure, yeah. So, I mean, this is, you know, we talk so much about umami. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, really where that's coming from, you're getting it mm-hmm. from, from different uh, different um, uh, products, you know. Right. Uh, but uh, seafood, uh, like like your your um, oily fish, uh, kombu, seaweed, uh, shiitake mushrooms, these are all uh, umami, uh, sure. umami-based flavors. Uh, but yeah, this is our classic, uh, classic uh, it is delicious. ramen. And yeah, super, and you're right super about tasty. the wine, too. It's good, you know. The right fit for sure. You know, you need something big to stand up to those big flavors. So that's Absolutely. what we go for in the wines. And so, in terms of, of common crew in the event, what we do is people come in and um, we'll tour them around the kitchen. We'll go through some of the different elements, these different flavor components that, that make up your ramen. Wait, I'm going to stop you. We have to take a break. Okay. When, when we, we come, come back, back let's let's lay out the whole event and how it works. Perfect. Okay. This Perfect. is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. If you're not watching us on Facebook Live, you should because what's going on in studio is absolutely but delicious. You can watch me eat. Okay, good. maybe that's a deterrent. Let's try something different. We'll be back in just a sec. Oh, we're back on. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> the first slip up of the new show. So, we're just having so much fun in studio. And Liv, we got about a minute and a half. Tell us about how we reserve for and buy tickets for a comedy. And, and what the experience is, so people have a really good understanding. So in terms of in terms of experience, uh, it's a forty-five minute um, mm. forty-five minute uh, class or demo, and people come in. Uh, we'll walk them through the kitchen to different elements that make up the ramen, kind of a behind-the-scenes look at Toki in the kitchen. Uh, then people sit down. Uh, we give a taste of, um, of, of some of the soup that you guys are tasting mm-hmm. right now. 
Uh, and Daniel walks You mean the through. delicious soup. The delicious <laughs> soup. Mm-hmm. Um, and Daniel walks through um, a very detailed uh, but very approachable um, uh, lesson on, on wine and, and how to pair wine, how to buy wine. Um, to to go with your your food. All right. So, so how many? Ed- what's the roll through? How many people can? How many times are you doing it in the evening? So we do them in forty five minute increments, okay. and there's eight people per seating. So it's very very intimate and very lovely. I think the takeaway too is that it's really cool because I'm trying to instill how you shop for wine because I want you to be able to try these wines and take them home with you, but I also want you to be able to go out to a retail store and buy them. So it's very educational. I talk about what influences wine and why you can find wines at certain prices and teach you how to shop for them. All right, very quickly. Yeah. Tickets. How do I get them? commoncrew.com that's uh, c-o-m-m-o-n-c-r-u.com excellent and uh, there's a link to our event page it's as easy as that okay excellent and the date one more time Oh, the 24th of February, Sunday starts at 3.30. The last session is at 6.30. It's a it's a fabulous idea. I love it. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for bringing Thank everything right. in. Claude, okay, let's Mr. Chabot, Monsieur. The sips I had were good. Thank you. What's next? So the next is my new uh, new release. It was uh, released last, uh, last November. It's a Blanc de Noir. So it's all Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. Um, I am from a, a Grand Cru... Uh, village in Champagne where we, we grow mostly Pinot Noir. So I was always wanted to work with the Pinot Noir uh, here. Uh, I couldn't find enough um, of the quality of Pinot Noir I was looking for in Virginia. So I got to buy some from uh, the Seneca Lake, the Finger Lakes. Oh, up in New and, York. Yeah. So I made a blend of the two states. You know, uh, kind of my idea was to, anyway, to make a, a co-test. Uh, mm-hmm. Had you best. tried that before or did you, you were experimenting? I was, um, I, in fact, in, in uh, upstate New York, I, I went to taste all the, the other sparkling wine made, uh, Herman Wimmer, uh, Dr. Constantin. Yeah. And yeah. I, I was Constantine really impressed, Frank, right? yeah, impressed by the, the way they were aging on yeast. So I, uh, I didn't really experiment. I, I went for it because I, I, I saw the, the vineyard. It's one of the best growers on, on Seneca Lake. So I was confident that we could produce something uh, special. Okay. So it's uh, it's Pinot Noir. So it's what's confusing. People think, oh, is it a rosé? Is it uh, a pink? I said, no. I mean, the key uh, in Champagne is to use Pinot Noir and not to uh, leave, leave the juice on the skin. So skins, it's, right? It's all it's, about the it's skins. It's white, yeah. But you, you should already taste the, the fruitiness, the roundness of the Pinot Noir. And it's a very, a very soft. It's also very dry. I mean, a bit sweeter than the previous one, but still in the brute category. Well, Nikki's Excellent. taking the first sip. All right, we'll come yeah. back to you shortly. That's how that goes. <laughs> yeah, that's my life. Well, what can I say? Jill Erber, Cheese Teak, you're back. Hi, um, Jill. Hello. I mean, why don't we do this? Give everybody the quick, you know, overview of Cheese Teak while I stare at this food and maybe pick something out of the plate that you brought. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, Cheese Teak is a cheese and wine shop, mm-hmm. um, as well as a cheese-centric restaurant, which uh, where we try to feature all of the delectables that we carry in our shop within our restaurant. So lots of comfort food selections, mac and cheeses, grilled cheeses, fondues, etc. Cheese, 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 and more cheese. Exactly. So, but wait, so, but so you started in Del Rey, right? That's correct. With your first shop there. But when you first opened, you were more of a cheese shop than a restaurant. We were exclusively a cheese shop when we right. first the opened. Name cheese Teak. Right. Exactly. And this was almost 15 years ago now. So when we first opened, we didn't even carry wine. We were only a cheese shop. And mm-hmm. after about a year, we added wine. Uh, and a couple of years after that is when we added the restaurant. Okay. And then you decided to expand. 
Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, I did. Small businesswoman here. So, um, or a big businesswoman, actually. So you you open up Cheese Deek, it's just cheese, then you add wine, then you add a restaurant, which right. is a really big endeavor and totally different than your initial business plan. Yes, it is, Nikki. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> Nikki's okay, so, so smart, now she? we're in other locations. Let's talk about where you are. Right. So we uh, grew from one location in Alexandria. We now have four locations, all in Northern Virginia. So mm-hmm. we have one still in Alexandria, two in Arlington, and one in Fairfax in the Mosaic District. Okay. Where are the two in Arlington? The two in Arlington are in Shirlington. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been there for about seven, eight years. Um, and then we opened in Boston in 2016. Um, so now all of them are cheese, wine, and restaurants? Yes, they all have both elements included. They all have all mm-hmm. concepts. Exactly. Okay, and I know you're doing this huge party yes. and sort of festival, hence the hat, and the Jägermeister, which is not wine for those who don't know. What does um, raclette mean? So raclette What is, is raclette? Okay, so raclette, oh, I, I'm going to school you here. Okay, yeah, so, what does it mean? So okay. raclette is actually three things. Um, raclette is the name of a cheese, a washed rind cheese. Yes, it's smelly and it melts like a dream. It's absolutely outstanding. We have so a it's knife. a cheese. It is a relax, David. I want to try it. Oh my God, we'll you'll get some. Get some. My no, God, no, no. it's not that I'm afraid I won't get some. We're on the um, air with it. Okay. So we also um, raclette is a great melting cheese, and so it is traditionally melted close to a hot grill, and the surface of the cheese all like gooey, just and then you scrape, and you scrape it, it off. But what's onto in it? Other foods. There's stuff oh, in it. Oh, this one I brought a truffle raclette. Oh, I can't believe you can't heat bit. it up. Oh my I know, God. right? So this. Thank um, God your assistant is on the ball. I know. This is my beautiful husband. Yeah, he is beautiful. God, beautiful. Yes, he is. So this is the truffle oh raclette. God. I know, right? Oh. So it's a little bit stinky, um, but when you melt it, it maintains mm. its flavor really well, and it gets this dreamy, silky texture. So raclette, in addition to being the name of a cheese, Boy, is good. the name of a dish when you scrape the raclette onto other delicious items. Right. Um, and then the third thing is it's the name of the grill that we actually use to melt So do the you cheese. use that overhead burner? Because I've seen, like... You see like a whole half of, of a exactly. raclette wheel, and then they overhead burn it, and then they scrape exactly it down. It. So we have a couple different sizes. We have more of a, a small travel size, which does a quarter wheel of, right. of raclette, because raclette is huge. It's about 11 pounds, about 18 inches across. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also, what we use in the restaurants are full half The big wheel. ones. Mm-hmm. So they're like a huge So arm. that's a little one. Yeah, this is our baby raclette. Aww, she's so cute. I know, isn't that precious? Yes. Um, so normally it would be excruciatingly hot, so he would not be touching it like right. that. And there would be cheese nestled in there melting, but we're not doing that today. Right. Sorry about it's that. So very smelly. Yeah. And so then you scrape it off. So, right. but what is raclette? What's the milk comp- composition? What's it made from? And yeah. where is it originally? Like, where did this whole concept come from? So it's, it's actually great. It's one of the, the, we don't have much drama in the world of cheese. So um, this is one of those dramatic things. So raclette is 100% cow's milk. Okay. And um, both the Swiss and the French claim to have invented this cheese. So you mm-hmm. You can just imagine the international crises oh my God. Um, that have developed. Like so, they need help over there. I know, right? Um, but, but really what it is, is it's a washed rind cheese, which mm-hmm. means it's one of our stinky variety of cheeses, um, akin to something like Limburger or Epoise. Um, so it's, it's, not it's that smelly. Stinky. This one is not as smelly. Um, I have my regular, quote unquote, She's like that I haven't opened it. That I literally would not open because it hit me in the face and I had to put it down. Okay. It's very bold. We have so, children. We've smelled smelly before. Oh, yes. It's, um, yeah. So what was the impetus for this event? So we always try and do 
in addition to having sort of delicious foods and things, we try and make um, our guests have a really unique and visual experience as well. So mm-hmm. raclette is one of those things that's extremely visual. So the melting, the scraping, the goo, um, everyone wants to watch and see what's happening. So we decided it's such a unique experience. We wanted to build an entire festival around it. So we actually have crafted a special menu um, that features raclette, and we're going to be featuring that in all of our restaurants over two full weeks. Okay, so we... that's wait, so that's happening in all the restaurants, but Correct. then you're doing a huge party. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Right. So the kickoff party is going to be, um, as my daughter says, the bomb.com. Okay. Um, yes. So <laughs> how the old rec- is your daughter? She's 12. Okay. That's yes. adorable. She's fabulous. Okay. Um, so, uh, we are doing a raclette fest kickoff party. So mm-hmm. it is, um, an opera ski vibe for those of you skiing fans in the room. Um, and so it's going to be all decor is going to be very Alpine inspired. We're going to have lots of different, um, unlimited raclette options. We're going to have various, uh, Alpine inspired cocktails. When you say raclette options, mm-hmm. you mean like you're going to put it on different things. Different Right. So you can kind of um, create your own base, and then mm-hmm. we will uh, scrape the raclette right onto wait. there for you. It's, we will be there. I know. I'm so excited. You have to buy tickets. Yes. Yeah, so we recommend buying the tickets in advance. It's filling up really fast. Tickets are only $35, and you get unlimited raclette. Um, we're having an amazing DJ there. It's going to create a very cool Alpine What's her name vibe. again? It's like Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Flossett. Flossett. I knew right? it was something and, uh, fun. It's like amazing. She's <laughs> right. so cool, y'all. Okay. Um, so so we're doing that. We have, you know, the big photo booth with the Alpine backdrop and the accessories Okay, and, and the date of that is the... That is going to be, um, it is on Saturday, February 16th So I have to o'clock. say, like, for anybody who is looking for something on Valentine's Day weekend mm-hmm. to do, this is a great kickoff. It I think is. it sounds like lots of fun. It is. It's going to be sort of bringing a little bit of European chic um, right into Northern Virginia. And it's, it's just going to be... I don't think be, those words go together, it's but gonna we'll, be, we'll let you oh, do that. They will. Boy, after this you event, they will. From Maryland. <laughs> they will. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be very chic and very kitschy and fun and fabulous. Excellent. Okay, tell everybody where they can get tickets, please. So go to our website, cheeseteak.com, and you will see a little window pop up that will uh, tell you how to get the tickets. They're $35 each. It'll be the best 35 bucks you spend all weekend. Excellent. And if you walk away without cutting me a piece of cheese, I'm going to be oh, very I'm, upset. I'm on it. No. Okay. Here I go. Okay, and you. then uh, right. let's bring in our next guest. All right, so you got to walk away and then stand up. There you go. <laughs> Give her that. I didn't touch it that. with my hand. Oh, I, I don't like care. Mm. No, it smells like truffle. So truffle let's feet. talk about Dylan's. Dylan's Raw Bar Grill is a great little dining out spot in Georgetown. It's uh, new. It's in an historic warehouse. Mm-hmm. It's new. It opened in October, right? Uh, August. August. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> same thing. So uh, Don and Amy Carlin are the owners, uh, and they are not, um, what do I say, they're not newbies. You guys have been in the, Don in particular, you've been a restaurant guy. You were with Steven Starr yeah, at one thir- point, too. Uh, yeah, even before that, 30 years. I don't. I know I don't look it. No, you don't. No, not at, at all. You got that yeah. baby face. How'd you do so that? So you were up in Philly? I, I Actually, I started, started in, in New York. York City. I actually started in Atlantic City. Okay. Where, where I started, um, I worked for um, a future president. In Atlantic City, and um, you can guess. and then I moved on to New York City and spent 15 years in New York City. A future mm-hmm. president, soon to be a so. Past what president. brought you down to DC? Um, I I came to work for a, a big hotel company called Host Hotels and Resorts, which sure. owns a bunch of restaurants, mm-hmm. the, or hotels and restaurants all around the world. So, and then you turned to your wife and said, "Let's go into debt and never sleep again." <laughs> yeah, right, right. He yeah. probably Let's... did that for like five years. Yeah. I was like, no. Well, I mean, if you, you know, if you're really in the business, everybody wants to like do that thing. Yeah. But what Why don't was we take your... a break oh, now? Oh, do we have to take a break? Okay, Andy, so we're going to take a break time. now and then we'll come back and then I'd love to hear more about your sure. vision because I think a lot of people in the in the like in the industry think 
yeah, I want to open up my own place. And having that vision, yeah, that would be great. (laughs) All right, this is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be right back. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis, and we're talking about Dylan's, which is a great raw bar and grill down in Georgetown. Georgetown. But first Um, we want to know how you guys decided, like what was your vision as you were deciding to open up your own space how, what, what were you like, this is what we need to do. Well, we this have is many what... visions. But you know what I mean? Like, you decided to open up in Georgetown, not known as a restaurant community, right. A, although it's starting to build back up again. And how did you decide, like, what that neighborhood and area needed? What was your What was your vision? Well, we're on the canal. So okay. that is huge for us. Because mm-hmm. once they fill it, it's amazing. <laughs> it's not much of a canal right now. Right, now. It's, it's a dry like, canal. But it's a dry but canal. But it will be, yeah, eventually. Right. I think, you know, the the thing that kept drawing us back to Georgetown was exactly what you said, was that there's not this, like, great restaurant community, and right. there's everything else. There was at one point, and yeah, it and that, of, and and that used was to the be issue, the place, right? yeah. and now... Mm-hmm. We spent, we spent uh, we've spent eight years in, in D.C. now, and, and every time we went down to Georgetown, it reminded us of every place else we like, um, particularly in the East Coast, right? Boston Commons, Old City in, in Philadelphia. Exactly. Anywhere in New York City, right? It has a personality, and... And because I did leasing for hotels also, you know, the things you were always looking for are things like, is there residential traffic? Is there retail? Are there other reasons to drive a business? Well, is there Georgetown University? Yeah. You know and there's I mean? walking. You get to walk a lot. You yeah. stumble in places. And how did you decide on the concept? So we built like five concepts that we were working on, in, in, you know, for a number of spaces. Mm-hmm. And when, when I walked into... Um, this space, it just, it, it kind of just spoke Dylan's. Okay. Um, it had, it had. It's a former. It was a former sea catch, catch space, yeah. which had been there for a really long time. It was time. there for 30 years, and before that, it was actually a Marriott restaurant. Oh, fascinating. It was originally and built out by a Marriott restaurant. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and, and. I think I had Marriott fried clams there. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible, yeah. With the pink yeah. background. So I think, you know, when we walked in, the, the thing that struck me was it's it, the authenticity of the space. and, and Well, and it, you have a fabulous outdoor dining area. We do. We have a huge. We have right, right on the canal. We have and we two, ha- and one we have on a the beautiful, canal and one in the courtyard. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. European canal uh, sort of feel to it. You, you come could, into a I courtyard. Mean, it's a 13,000 square foot. It's a big space. Plant. So how many bodies can you get in there? So we have 220 seats right now, plus mm-hmm. a uh, banquet room that will do 120 seats. Yeah, I was going to say for corporate events in particular. Yeah. We do breakfasts. We do everything. <laughs> no, so, but but you're not serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What are you serving? Brunch, lunch, and dinner. Brunch, lunch, and dinner. And let's talk about the menu and what you have on the menu, because you brought in such let's talk a— talk about what we tasted. Right. We have such a great. wide variety of things talk here. Talk about that first. The vegetable— So uh, that's our spicy goat cheese uh, vegetable tart. It's so stunning. One of, one really of the things good. that we—when we, we were putting the concept together, we were very conscious about um, vegetarian <laughs> diners <laughs> and the idea that they, they can they often can't go into a restaurant and, and pick something that's really an, an appetizer They get a an choice entree. of sides. Yeah, and they we pick sides we, or salads. Yeah. We didn't feel like that was fair. So we wanted to come up with some really good vegetarian options. No, it's a beautiful vegetarian o- option and very tasty. And what are some of the Those other things? The like you brought in all this stuff today. <laughs> um, well, we brought in some stuff from our, our brunch menu. We have our wonderful monkey bread. We have our uh, Nutella and banana. You get a lot of monkeys at Dylan's? Or? We do. We yeah, sell yeah, a surprisingly, lot. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. it's, it's one of those things that once people see it, it's, it's like, you know, you can't even in the kitchen anymore people everybody wants one on there so do you just have somebody walking around on brunch we on Sundays, to, yeah. like just like i'm pretty sure that's dawn <laughs> right yeah, yeah, right everybody should order myself, this right? right um 
But you have a healthy seafood options, right? So, so one of the great things about Dylan's is that we have um, a beautiful raw bar, which mm-hmm. we've uh, re-termed a modern raw bar. And the reason we call it modern is because we, we sort of added it in all the things that we would do today if we were creating a raw bar, having traveled the world and sort of enjoy a bunch of stuff. So we have three ceviches that we do on the menu. One of them's in front of you now. That's the grouper ceviche. That's the most traditional of them. That's a Peruvian ceviche with mm-hmm. uh, sweet potatoes, serrano peppers, grilled corn. Um, then we do uh, maki rolls because everybody loves a maki roll, and it's a great appetizer starter. And we have three maki rolls. We Of course, we have oysters and clams, but we do a small variety of them. So we do two east, two west. We always do a really high-quality um, in-season um so I think it's very hard to do um, what a lot of places do with 30 or 40 oysters and get it right. Um, so we, we've Well, you can't on, keep your costs down if you have that much. We focus on curating that. And then we have octopus carpaccio, which Talk is- Talk about which your you brought in today. towers. Yeah, our towers are pretty crazy because we don't do a traditional tower. We do oysters and clams, but we also do maki rolls. And ceviches. We do tin fish in our, in our towers. We do ceviches. Um, so you, you get to kind of build your own mm. thing. Well, so there's a couple things on the menu that I just want to point out because I think they're really original. And we haven't mentioned, like, who's cooking? Who's the chef? So our chef is Darren Hendry. He's been in the market for about uh, 25 years. Mm-hmm. He's, he's Scottish, so he's really hard to understand. Okay. Um, he says, it, oh, my God, Gauntlet Throne. Jeez. Well, we should because we're going to Scotland in May. We better right. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get some lessons. Uh, yeah, but his but his food his food does all the talking. He does a great mm-hmm. job. Um, and... Um, we have we have some really exciting stuff on the horizon as the seasons change. We try to be really fresh and current, mm-hmm. um, and so so we'll we'll be you know making some changes into the spring that I think will be really exciting too. Well, it's a it's a large menu, yeah, so it's how, definitely a grill as well, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it sort of feels like. Yeah. It feels like you can go in there, and if you want great seafood, you can get great seafood. But if you want a burger, there's a burger, um, and then you actually have one of the things that I think is the most interesting on the menu is the ginger glazed salmon bami. Yeah, that's what it, right. is that so more from you guys good. or is that more from the chef? Um, I, I think it's a combination. I, it's a traditional I, Scottish dish. Yeah, yeah. It is. <laughs> if you well, fry it, if you if you well, batter, a chef is a chef. It. it doesn't matter yeah. where he's from. Sometimes people are really turned on by different things that they've tasted. Yeah, I think what we tried to do is stay true to the Dylan's concept, and so because we have an Asian glazed salmon on our dinner menu, we wanted another way to to I kind of deliver lunch. that on our lunch side, mm-hmm. and so um, we 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 came up with the banh mi as a great way to. And get people excited. Okay, about. and we would be totally and completely remiss <laughs> not to mention the. Um, I tried to hold him back. He's like, I'm yeah. bringing a whole cake. <laughs> the oh cake God. in the room, and it's your first time here, so yes. we wanted to christen it. Thank you. That's beautiful. Do you want to this tell is us quickly? The best kind of sucking up <laughs> ever. Do you want to tell us back? just very quickly about um, what you got on your pastry program? Yeah. So this is That's we make everything in house. This is a six layer uh, chocolate cake with salted caramel, uh, buttercream, and it's heavy. And you must have heard about my my. Carb free diet. Yes, exactly. The one I just started. Two this, is, days ago. this is the non keto diet. Uh, <laughs> um, and who does all the pastry in your We do it all in house. Um, mm-hmm. And we it's actually a collaboration between the chef and our, uh, we have a pastry supervisor that does it. Um, we do all of our own um, uh, scratch pastries. So we have a great key lime pie. We have uh, a fantastic uh, apple crumble right now. Um, and uh, we also have a peanut butter bourbon dip that people. 
flip out about. Sounds amazing. All right, tell everybody where they can find you, please. So we're at uh, dylansrollbargrill.com. Follow us on Instagram at dylansrollbargrill. Two L's. Two L's, right? It's Mm -hmm. (laughs) D-Y-L-L-A-N-S. We practice that. Um, (laughs) And you can find us at uh, 1054 31st Street Northwest in in Georgetown. Uh, We're a little tucked in. Um, but it's worth, yeah, go down it's a worth finding us. You know what? We're in Canal Square. If, if what we tasted today is any indication, you yes. got to go there. It's Absolutely. And it's, a, it's an 1880s warehouse, and the front half of it has not been touched. Okay. okay. Yeah. Thank right. you, guys. Thanks Claude, for having us. back to you for a minute One or minute. so. Do you guys do tours? No, we, uh, we don't do tours. Boy, oh, uh, boy. So we, uh, we sell... Uh, all the production to uh, through distribution. Uh-huh. That's why I, I bought my distributor today, Pamela Margot. I see her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you find the wine in all the retail store. You know, uh, um, uh, and on lots wine, of area restaurant wine yeah, lists as well. Uh, we used to be at the White House too, but not anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, not recently. Do you have it at uh, Little Pearl? We don't currently, Never. but hey, we should. Yes, you should. It should be a Little Pearl, exactly. Hello, little Pearl. What? Grape and Bean, Unwind, uh, MacArthur, Schneider. So it's uh, all around the DC Calvary area. Pudley, DC yeah, the main. All right. Well, it is. It was very enjoyable. Great stuff. <laughs> yes. Thank you. So, um, what do we have tomorrow on uh, uh, Industry Night? Oh, here? Industry Night. We have a uh, food archaeologist, William Schindler, coming in studio. And we are talking about food archaeology. So different for, Schindler. Yeah, different Schindler. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, we have a second show uh, out of the line hotel called Industry Night. Is it? It's a deeper dive. Actually, several people in studio have been on. We had the Jamesons, and Jill and her husband have both been on from Cheese Teak. It's a real deep dive. John's wearing his Industry Night underwear. Yes. The gift with... Okay, stop talking. Uh, it's a real deep dive uh, into different experiences going on in the industry. So tomorrow is going to be a very interesting show. And then next week, we actually are doing some really cool uh, things in studio. Um, we're going to be talking to uh, Jamie Imhoff, who is with Blackwater Distilling, and he's coming in to talk about their process and what they do. So I'm really looking forward to Backwater that. Backwater Distilling. Yes. yes. Uh, do you want to give some shout-outs, like our sponsors? or do Well, yeah, like I want to thank ProFish and uh, the Central Farm Market. Markets and meat crafters and mm-hmm. the uh, market at River Falls for supporting the show and for traveling with us to our new location. Here. Absolutely. And this is great. Yeah. So um, the, the important thing, if you really want to see what's cool and what's going on here, is to stay tuned to uh, Facebook Live every week when we're on the air. Absolutely. And, of course, you can follow me at Nikki Nellis, N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S. Uh, we're on live Foodie and the Beast every Sunday from 11 to noon, every Monday industry night at the Line Hotel on fullserviceradio.org. And of course, you can follow me at Nikki Nellis on Twitter, Facebook, and or Instagram. You can listen to WTOP and hear her live every Thursday at 1240. Okay. Everybody I mean, have everything. a delicious week. She's like.